Good morning all together. Um, it's the first lecture today in Sol 3. The subject is uh, against Office Open uh, XML. The speaker is Benjamin Henrion, and he will tell us why Microsoft's attempt to get their doc files standardized isn't as good as it first seems to be. Give him a warm welcome. I just quickly set up, uh, I have a problem with the slides, so I just quickly set up the, the other slides on, on, on the second laptop so that I can see what, what's on the screen without watching the screen. Okay. Ah, shit. Oh. So, um, if I may introduce uh, Benjamin, um, he's working in Brussels, in the Brussels office for the FFI, and he started the campaign No XML. It's a petition website that attracted so many contributions from all, all over the world. And uh, against the standardization of OpenXML using the ISO fast track process. And Myself, I was against this campaign. Uh, I, I really resisted going against Microsoft and because I, I didn't, didn't see the gain. And then I got involved in this project somehow and then I became some of the, the core team members. And uh, listening to the whole process uh, impressed me so much that you somehow get addicted to the whole process that you say, this, this can't be like this, and you, you really see so many people were angry about OpenXML, you get involved and you see it's true, and they really play evil, and they play, play evil everywhere. So uh, this then got me involved, and I'm now also based in Brussels, uh, very close to Benjamin, and I'm building up uh, an organization, Digital Standards Org, that tries to promote open standards. So. Um, personally, I've been somehow, uh, I started to be involved with this OXML thing uh, last year in February when there was this hurry, uh, um, when there was this, this uh, GrogDoc page which was saying that this uh, uh, standard could be fast-tracked and somehow one of our best activists in Spain, uh, Alberto, um, went to us when we were in a meeting in Brussels and he said we have to uh, send letters to all ISO uh, members, all ISO standards bodies, and to ask them to vote against the fast track. And uh, somehow there were contributions from uh, many, many countries who somehow copied, some of those copied the GrogDoc page and sent them to the ISO uh, secretariat. And, but at the end of the day, the ISO secretariat decided for unknown reasons to, to continue to, with the fast track and then to have a really quick uh, procedure for approving this monster standard. So in this presentation I will try to quickly uh, um, uh, present our experience for the last uh, six months with this standard and uh, after this you will have the opportunity to ask some questions. Uh, 
So um, ISO is the International Standards Organization. It's a non-governmental organization with some members uh, who are national standards bodies, uh, such as Dean, uh, Afnor, and ANSI. Uh, they have also uh, some liaison members, like OASIS or ECMA, which are not standards bodies, but... Uh, well, they are standards na bodies. National standards bodies, but uh, which are uh, somehow industry consortiums. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have this, the opportunity uh, in, you have several um, levels in the ISO standardization and if you have already an OASIS or ECMA standard, you can uh, uh, skip the first three steps and have uh, um, a procedure in ISO. And uh, you can also have a fast track procedure if the standard is somehow ready, you can quickly uh, have the standard more, more, more quickly. Um, an example of an ISO standard is uh, ISO 26300. It's the open document format developed by OASIS. It's XML based and it has been adopted in 2005. Oh, this, um, oh yeah. yeah. So um, there's a problem of the synchronization. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, this, this was about this fast track process. Um, Benjamin explained how the organization structure is in general. You have ISO and national bodies and uh, the fast-track process, and the fast-track process is just for approval of already ready specifications. And the problem with this um, OpenXML, as we saw, was that the fast-track process was just not usable because the spec was not ready. So the, the uh, ODF is somehow uh, the competitor of, uh, of this OpenXML, and uh, it's somehow the replacement for competitor for DOC, uh, PPT, and XLS. So since uh, this standard has been adopted and uh, this standard has been implemented in some uh, office suits, Microsoft uh, saw it as a problem. You know, they, they recently, the Netherlands adopted ODF and many governments switched to ODF because it's an ISO standard and governments feel somehow obliged to um, adopt ISO standards and adhere to them. And this created, of course, a huge problem for Microsoft so the, the, the main issue for Microsoft was that uh, somehow the, this part of the market which corresponds to the, um, to the government procurement was somehow preferred to a competitor. And they saw it as a threat for the somehow monopoly on the office market. And uh, I, I like this quote of Duke Murray, which is the chief evangelist for OpenXML at Microsoft, who said that office is a, a 10 billion revenue generator for the company. And then uh, since the governments adopted this, this standard, they had to somehow counter it with the ISO standard, which is the gold standard. And he concluded by saying it's just a simple matter of commercial interest. Um, Office is somehow the cash co of, of uh, uh, Microsoft. And uh, if you take the, the SEC filings of 2005, you see that uh, Office combined with uh, Windows OEM pre-installed on, on computers is basically 90-95% of the Microsoft uh, income stream. So it means somehow if you manage to kill this cash flow in a way of, uh, or the other, uh, um, that's a big chunk of Microsoft who somehow disappears or, or income stream which is not coming. So what is Open, open OXML? Uh, it's an abbreviation for Office Open XML. I don't like using this uh, term Office Open XML because you have this open propaganda term in there. So uh, when, when you Google, for, for example, for uh, OpenXML, you find it's all Microsoft uh, websites and propaganda. When you Google for OXML, it's more the opposite. So um, 
this uh, uh, Office OpenXML has been somehow uh, given to ECMA, which is an industry association, European uh, uh, Association for uh, IT Standards, and uh, the standard was adopted as is, without any changes. Only one company inside the, this industry association voted against, which was IBM. And so this ECMA uh, uh, 376 was uh, proposed an ISO uh, uh, draft international specification, uh, 29500. And somehow this, this uh, ECMA 376 matches to the Office 2007. The big issue is uh, uh, in standards whether you have a reference implementation. In IETF or other uh, processes, you have, uh, uh, together with the specification, uh, a reference implementation. The issue is this uh, uh, standard procedure, uh, you don't have any reference implementation. And when you ask Microsoft if Office 2007 is a reference implementation, they say no. So you have somehow a piece of paper that is uh, not implemented and when you cannot have an implementation which claims I implement this standard. So it's a big issue. Um, this, this open term is open XML is really propaganda because it mixed the, the thing with open source and, and they are trying to play with the, recently they, you see it in, in this, with this campaign that they are trying to hijack somehow the term open source and they want, don't want to use, in any case, GPL or free software terms. It's and very confusing. Uh, open Office, yeah, Open Office, and then you know you have Office Open XML, somehow related, yeah. Um, yeah, you, XML. Have, you have you have this this, this mismatch between uh, Open Office, Office Open, so it's totally totally confusing. Um, what's wrong with the standard? Basically, um, you find in the standards uh, stuff like Autospace, like Word 95. And or use Word 97 like break rules or uh, stuff like stuff which are not really defined and, and and you have somehow they say Microsoft says you have to get an old application uh, to imitate the behavior of the old application and they say uh, this is somehow the same for uh, uh, Open Office that you, in ODF you have uh, one or two terms which are similar. Um, one of the big issue, uh, and it was, it was raised uh, especially in my country, that dates before 1900 was not, were not supported in Excel, for example, when you put a, a date, uh, like the date of creation of Belgium in uh, 1839, and you want to calculate the difference of days with another day, uh, uh, let's say with now, how many days between the creation of Belgium and uh, the failure of, to create a government or something like this. You, you, in Excel, you didn't manage to get a an answer uh, in, in terms of days, so it was, it's problematic. Um, the also big issue is that this standard conflicts with other existing ISO standards. For example, they, they, uh, they put forward uh, VML, which is uh, somehow a competitor to SVG, uh, Scalable Vector Graphics, so it's a, a file format for uh, vector, and this file format has been rejected by W3C some years ago uh, as a standard. And now they are coming back to push it as an ISO standard. And uh, uh, for example, another issue is that uh, the weekends, since it's, it's, a, it's an American standard, uh, the weekends are uh, only Saturday and Sunday. And so it's a problem for countries like Algeria or, uh, or other uh, Muslim countries where the, the, the weekend is Friday and Saturday. Um, they also pushed some uh, homemade cryptographic uh, uh, system uh, functions where, uh, which are known to be weak, 
and uh, uh, instead of using uh, previous ISO standards. Uh, what is interesting to see is that somehow, uh, and, and I will show it uh, later on, is that ECMA, the, the, the submitter of the standard, is, is now a Microsoft proxy. Um, and this, this, uh, uh, this is a quote from the IRC channel. There was recently a debate on the uh, blog radio on the internet where uh, some people uh, like Boycott Novel and, and the GNOME Foundation and the ICADZA and other people were interviewed. And uh, somehow we just uh, uh, copied the, the, the log of the IRC channel and uh, it's, it's clear for everybody that Microsoft delivered Office OpenXML as is to ECMA. So it means that the standards uh, committee didn't change anything in the standard uh, in order to get, a, uh, to get it approved by ECMA. Yeah. And, and, and the problem here, especially with this ECMA standard, is that somehow we get an internal Microsoft standard rubber stamped as ECMA standard and now into the ISO process. And uh, these ex just these few examples that were given by Benjamin, uh, this is just an indication of the infrastructure slack, the internal infrastructure slack of Microsoft imported into an international standard. And if uh, the standard organization did not only not correct these very obvious mistakes, but also there are so many technical problems, technical errors, formal formal problems in the specification so that you can really say um, they, they forwarded a specification that is not suited, formally not suited for this international process. It's, it's the, the, whole, the whole issue is uh, Microsoft doesn't want any changes to the standard. They just want, because they have this Office 2007 which is already marketed and deployed and somehow this, this, IS, this standard is has to be compatible, otherwise if the standard is too much different from the running product, it it's creates too much problem for them to change the product when, while, when it's deployed. So the real, the real core issue is that Microsoft doesn't want any changes to the standard. And I will explain later on uh, why, how they are trying to, to, to get a trick to get rid of, of the changes. Um, so the, the, the problem with the specification is that it's 6,000 pages, but somehow people say uh, it's not an issue. Um, one of the issues where we somehow begin to be involved was the patent policy. Uh, how does it work for ISO to, to take care of the patents, uh, software patent issue? Um, Microsoft has provided the covenant uh, not to sue and open certification promise, uh, which are somehow, at least for the first one, similar to what Sun proposed for ODF, but for the open specification promise, it's still... Um, I would say it tries to hide the fact that it could be incompatible with GPL, so it's somehow a trick to get rid of competition through reasonable and non-discriminatory terms in the patent uh, uh, policy of ISO. Um, you, you can put it in the word, it's a, we say it's royalty-free license, but no one knows really the legal implications on a worldwide scale, so we don't trust at all into these license models as compared to Sun's. And we think there are many tricks in involved. Uh, it's no. But uh, I, I have a slide later on to, to talk about this, uh, this button, uh, okay. issue. Um, so the, this this fast track uh, uh, procedure is not really fitted for the for the that kind of standard, especially when it's not ready and, and the size. Um, this is a picture of, of uh, printed specification that uh, some people in Czech Republic managed to put in their car and. Managed to go to the standards body and, and 
I just put it there just, just I think for fun. Um, the, during the, since June there has been a rush and that's why uh, somehow the petition was efficient to attract traffic. There was a rush to uh, find out what's going on, when is the deadline to submit comments, uh, who is going to submit comments, please send the comments, uh, find out what, what's, uh, what to do, um, and please join, uh, try to join national committees. What's also interesting in, in the process that it's very different from one country to, the, to another. In Belgium, uh, if you want to join the, the committee, you didn't have to pay, let's say, uh, uh, an amount of money to enter the committee. In Italy, for example, you had to pay 2,500 euros to be, just to be a member. So the, the situation is somehow uh, very different from country to country. In, other, in some countries, they even don't have any technical committees. So the national body somehow uh, just uh, take the input from people who wants to give and, and then they somehow take a decision. Um, noxml.org is a very cheap campaign. Um, especially, you just only need to go to uh, uh, wiki.com and somehow create your own wiki website. And that's somehow one of the first campaigns that has been, uh, that has tested this, this platform. And I, as far as I know, it will be soon released under uh, open source in January. Um, this has had an advantage that I, I didn't need any webmaster, uh, sysadmin, machine, hosting, bandwidth uh, to just to start and, and, and launch a, a campaign in one or two days. Uh, that was enough to, to just start. And because we were, we were somehow in a hurry, there was nobody somehow doing something, and we saw that I saw that maybe the standard will be adopted without any debate. And I thought, okay, uh, um, and I spent like one or two days uh, to draft the 10 uh, points of the petition, which was somehow one of the most difficult things, because that's, that's one of the points where you expect that Microsoft will, will react and, and those points should not be somehow breakable. Uh, this petition has attracted now uh, 70,000 signatures. Um, and also this website was set up because there was no plug and play solution um, for, um, for, getting, for, for getting the comments tabled uh, uh, in the countries. Um, the effects of the campaign was that uh, uh, in July there was no press coverage at all and there were only blogs uh, reporting about the petition and uh, that there was something happening. Uh, people start to be interested, they become active and uh, they, they, some people try to find out what's, what's going on in my, in my country. Uh, what's the deadline for submitting comments? And um, the GrogDoc page, which lists somehow the, the issues, um, was not a ready uh, plug-and-play solution for, for people just to table comments uh, and, and have a, a discussion in their son's body. Um, what you have to know is that you will find on the website a list of comments uh, that we collected. Uh, some, some comments are from Czech Republic or, or, or Switzerland. And this was really the central point uh, that we somehow had the collection of comments and that were, it was uh, easy for people just to take those comments and go to the standards body and discuss them. And that was somehow, uh, because the standards body needs those formatted tables uh, to give to ISO. If it's in another form, like in a paper form or text, it doesn't work. It has to be formatted in a special way with those, those tables, otherwise 
Um, otherwise, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't work. Yeah, there are three types of comments. General comments, greetings, Mr. Chairman, like this, yeah, so it doesn't really matter. Technical comments. Technical comments are changes, substantial changes to specification, to the text. And editorial comments, oh, there's a spelling error or something like this. So what happened in most countries that, uh, um, in several countries, we noticed that uh, there was committee stuffing with, with Microsoft business partners. So somehow uh, in Italy, they found out that uh, since uh, the, uh, for, uh, between the, the, the June and the, f the 5th of July, there was like 10 members. And from the 10 of, uh, 5 of July to the 10 of July, this number raised to 84. So in, in like 10 days, there were 74 members just appearing, and uh, um, in other countries it was somehow similar. Um, what has happened is that it's, it's some, some, the technical committees who advise the standards bodies, we managed to see to, to, to get input from several countries like Switzerland or Ivory Coast, yep. and the, where the chairman, for example, of the meeting is totally biased. They don't give you the speech or uh, uh, they. they they just cheat with the with the voting rules. They change the voting rules on the fly. It's, mm -hmm. And so it's it's a, it's a, in some countries a total mess. Um, in other countries, we saw also that the government uh, the government made an intervention. In in Malaysia, I think the uh, standards body or at least the technical committee reached a decision, and then this decision was overturned by the government. Um, this due to the fact that some uh, standards body, national standards bodies are still part of, con partly controlled by the government. Mm -hmm. In some countries, they are totally independent, they are totally privatized. And uh, the, the, those standards bodies are somehow, uh, in, in a way, um, uh, you see that there is a big influence of the industry on, on, on those. Um, yeah, so we got our uh, five or six different mailing lists and uh, Benjamin was a kind of central contact point and you get all the emails from all from the people all over the world that say oh yeah it's confidential we are here under non-disclosure agreement but in our committee this 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 happened yes. and it was was everywhere and we will go into some details and present some cases um, yeah so what we also saw in the United States, for example, the INCTIS, which is advising the ANSI standards body, was somehow unable to get a majority either for no, for yes, or for abstain. And to the second round, in between, we saw some press reports where Bill Gates was called to the rescue and made some phone calls to lobby some members of the standards body. Um, this, this was a somehow... A uh, a friend of mine who drew this this uh, caricature, and I think I think this is a good re uh, way to represent what has happened in some countries. The problem with most comments was that they are really objective problems in the specification. Uh, nothing as a as an unbiased expert, you cannot really discuss that there is an issue because there is an issue. And uh, then we had people in the committee that just killed the standard. We are against this, yeah? Yeah, we, we, we are against, but we don't say, we don't say why. And in some countries, it somehow backfired, like in France, where uh, somehow this majority voting in the committee was somehow um, overruled by the standards body who saw that, that uh, and they preferred to, to, to really see on their own if who was right in the, in the ping pong game. Okay.
Um, what happened in Sweden is that um, um, they discussed the standard, and, and the last meeting, when it comes to vote, uh, suddenly 20 companies appeared as new members, and uh, it appeared that they were Microsoft uh, business partners, and uh, they, of course, uh, changed the vote the last minute. Um, it was reported in the press that Microsoft offered extra market subsidies to those partners if they participated to the meeting and voted in favor. Um, and it was somehow uh, unfortunately leaked in the press and, and the, the pre uh, representative of Microsoft Sweden was, was um, say it was a mistake. Um, finally, uh, what happened in Sweden is that the, the, the board of the standards body decided to in invalidate the vote. They had casted a vote which was approving the standard, and uh, before the 2nd of September, they had the opportunity still to just change the vote. Oh, no, we, we don't do this. We, we don't vote at all. Uh, so and no this, this has somehow uh, had a great attention in Sweden because Sweden is one of the countries where uh, the corruption level is somehow the lowest. Uh, I, I had the anecdote that the prime minister paid a, a chocolate with a credit card and she was somehow fired in parliament or she had to leave. So Sweden is really the country where the level of corruption is. Uh, uh, people don't don't uh, take a, take a microphone. Yeah. Hmm? You, don't, you don't have any sound. Mm -hmm. Hello. Ah. Oh, another thing that happened in Sweden was that the IBM representative uh, left the meeting. Because he said this is just um, this is just corruption, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm not gonna even gonna participate in this meeting. I'm just gonna leave, and that also got a lot of press attention. So that was um, was another well aspect that actually brought this to uh, yeah, of course, the, the, the attention the, the, of, of um, this this issue was somehow in the front page of uh, yeah, in, like, in actually in the business papers, which is yeah. really cool to bring it from from being a technical matter to being actually a business uh, matter that's that concerns people not only in, in the IT, yeah, but also in, in business and politics and everything. So I, I think, I mean, perhaps not voting is not a good option, but at, at least it got some attention and that's really good. Yeah, in, in Sweden it was a great political scandal, so they had to uh, get, get back from it. But uh, we, similar stuff happened in, in almost all nations we were in contact with, and it was just no no issue because the sensitivity in, in these nations was different. Uh, in Germany, for instance, uh, Microsoft found a, this is just around this, uh, they found a professor that, that wrote a study, a very respected professor wrote a study that uh, multiple standards are, are good because it creates competition between multiple standards. And when I talked to someone from the standard body, he said, uh, I said, yeah, I read the, read the study, and, and he said, <laughs> yeah, um, so it, it, uh, these are kind of, of running gags so that, that academics are bored or, yeah. Um, in, in Germany, I mean, in Germany, the committee was stuffed with, with, with Microsoft people. We didn't get involved in Germany, but uh, in Germany, at least, there were experts in the standard committee. So the, uh, respectable, uh, like, for instance, uh, Dialogica, and uh, Fraunhofer, Focus, uh, who are also somehow Microsoft proxies, but um, um, they know what they are talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, somehow, the, the, I, I noticed this uh, Bill Gates phone calls to the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of Commerce, who were uh, members of, of the ANSI Inktis uh, uh, Technical Committee, 
And from one vote to the other, you can see that they switched their vote from no with comments to yes. <laughs> and also, and also the, 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 the explanations they, they were given uh, were turned like and uh, during the process, it's always like this, this committee voted against, and then it was turned down like this. Uh, yeah, somehow reversal of... Reversed. Uh, a good example was also Kenya, yeah? In, in Kenya, in, in the fast-track process, Kenya was very critical. Uh, some, some say it was an IBM proxy, which is probably true. So they tabled all critical questions, and then Kenya was... Uh, was sold to the other side, so, yeah. Yeah, one interesting thing is uh, that in the, in the ANSI website, when you send an email to ANSI for uh, commenting on this uh, standard proposal, they archived everything. And uh, if you go to this page, which is on the source of, of uh, mentioned here, you will see that there is an archive of standard letters, thousands and thousands of standard letters sent from Microsoft uh, supporters somehow, but all, all the same. And only one was really funny, is that uh, the guy added on the top of the letter a uh, personal note, which is reads, even though uh, this is a form letter from Microsoft, I thought I would add this personal touch. So this, you can really go there, and it's, it's, it's really uh, impressive. Um, this, uh, uh, the Jordan standards body, also has been caught in the spam filter of, of uh, ANSI. And uh, uh, they were somehow, uh, during the process, sending Microsoft documents uh, as is to the other standards body to say, hey, look, it's a good standard, you should adopt it. Uh, Which we have, is quite unusual or unprofessional. We have, yeah? the, we have our Industry uh, Technology Association of Jordan who has carefully analyzed the standard and they think it's doesn't represent any contradiction with the other competing standards. And uh, yeah, we are very competent. And uh, that's what they basically they send in attachment some Microsoft copy-paste propaganda. <laughs> so for, for a standards body, it was somehow uh, a shame. Uh, in Ivory Coast, the interesting thing is that the chairman of the technical committee was uh, Microsoft business partners. And they somehow um, controlled the whole, the whole system. Um, what we get from feedback from people who were, let's say, on our side from the Linux user group in Ivory Coast, they, they went to the standards body and uh, they tabled comments. They didn't uh, discuss the comments. And uh, when they arrived at the meeting, uh, the guy from the standards body complained that they have received angry phone calls from the NoXML community uh, that were somehow very aggressive, very annoying and uh, insulting. And they they were just not aware of, of any, any trouble. So uh, we suspect that it's somehow Microsoft dirty tactics to, to just yeah, uh, phone call. And we, we are from the XML committee. We are against. And, I thought that was, to was the case in, in, either in Spain or in Portugal, uh, where they said at the, standard, at the standard committee, oh, yeah, we received all these angry emails or phone calls. I, I'm, I'm not so sure about this. And uh, then the persons from our side said, yeah, but we don't have only members of this committee have this, uh, this phone number, and we didn't have the phone number, so we couldn't have called you, yeah? <laughs> uh, in countries like Kenya, for example, when it comes to, they were somehow discussing the, in the technical committee uh, the standard, and when it comes to vote, the day of the vote, now uh, uh, five, five, uh, five new Microsoft members, uh, business partners appear as so new members, and they somehow changed the vote instead of uh, 
yeah, uh, somehow balance, they, they, they switched to five to nine because five new members joined the committee. Um, a trick also in, in, in the process that you have in the ISO process, you have some countries which are observatory members and some countries which are permanently members. So you have P and O members. And uh, uh, you have a different way of calculating if the standards are adopted for uh, P members, you need to have 33% uh, uh, of the total of the countries which should be for the, for the, for the standard, which vote uh, yes. And uh, for the O observatory countries plus the P countries, you need to get 25% uh, of the all ISO members without the abstentions. So the trick uh, at the end of August, when Microsoft saw that they will lose the vote they didn't get the 33% of uh, uh, P members. They somehow uh, uh, tricked the whole system by saying, oh yeah, but we can advise those all countries which are not P member to become P member mm -hmm. in order to, to do not lose the uh, uh, P vote. Yeah, and what and you have to know is that the membership of, of P members who also have obligation to participate in the whole process so that it doesn't make was very stable and it's not that an upgrade happens every year um, and with, with great power comes great responsibility it's uh, actually this P membership is kind of check and balances in the ISO system so that national bodies really have staff in Geneva and participate uh, there and uh, are not like yeah so what happened Pacific for example islands. Is when you made a phone call to the stars body in Lebanon in Lebanon they speak French so I, I just took the phone and I just called there to see what's going on, if they have a technical committee, how many members do they have, who is deciding. And when I managed to get a, a responsible people there, they told me they don't have any technical committees. So they don't, they don't have any experts, they don't work on it. And what happened at the end of August is that this country suddenly switched to P membership, which, is, which was very strange. And they switched to uh, P membership uh, like 10 days before the, the deadline and some people were betting on, on the internet saying yes this country this country will vote yes in favor of Microsoft um, so they, they, Microsoft somehow in, in the countries where they were where they, they were controlling the vote of, of the ISO members they advised the standards body to apply to be P member and like Ivory Coast Do you know about Venezuela? Why yeah, the, the situation. Well, in this list, it's, it seems a bit strange that they are playing the game pro Microsoft. They, they, that the Venezuelan situation is really strange because the standards body is not a governmental organization, mm -hmm. and usually the Venezuelan policy it's like pro open source or something like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Venezuela, the situation was totally controlled by Microsoft, and it still is. Um, so you get this surge of new P members, uh, which somehow tricked the whole, the whole vote. Uh, I will show you the example of Turkey, for example, where they, where they just copy-paste and just voted, and, and then now they are P member. Um, oh, so you can find a, a list of. Uh, where, where is this? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you really have those last-minute tricks. That is uh, this quote of the Microsoft Director of Corporate Standards is saying that they, oh, both parties will use all tactics available to them within the rules 
And one of the issues with the ISO standard uh, organization is that in international organization, so it's not re uh, represent responsible in front of any international court. So if you want to sue somehow, saying this is illegal, this is a, a broken process, you don't have any court, you have to go to each national country and you don't have any possibility to well, somehow... Well, what was possible is the VTO process. There's a hardly known uh, VTO technical barriers to trade agreement. There's competition law in Europe, so um, yeah, maybe um, if, it, if the process is really broken and it's, it's abused, then may, maybe it can be used. So maybe there are some options. So I, if you want to go uh, to find some really dirty stuff listed about the irregularities, we have a page on the NoXML website which maintains the results. Um, so on 2nd of September, uh, um, the results were announced and the results that the standards was disapproved. Now it doesn't mean that the standards is not rejected. Um, you have the possibility to get uh, what is called a ballot resolution meeting to solve some of the issues and then to switch from uh, some members which has voted uh, no to switch them to yes and then have the uh, requirement of 66%. We are not far from the, uh, you had 53% who voted in, uh, um, who voted in favor and the requirement had, uh, was 66%, so it's, we are really close to have the approval of the standard. Um, this, this, uh, one of the issues with the press is that there was somehow reporting that the standard has been rejected by ISO, and I expect that most of you uh, feel that this, this with the press uh, and especially slash dot coverage, or, that the, the standard was rejected, but it's not. Uh, and uh, one of funny article press report is that the, 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 the journalist mentioned that ISO rejects OXML, but in second update, Microsoft expects another vote that will approve the standards. Yeah. So somehow this uh, monster, <laughs> monster standard is like uh, you kill the bear, and then when you walk away, the bear comes up and eats you. Yeah. So you, you really have to shoot uh, ten times in the bear and cut the head so that you're sure that the, oh. the beast is dead. Uh, one of the funny things was like to have some correlation about the results and list, for example, list the countries that uh, has voted yes without any comments, even if, if there were uh, 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 an impressive list of technical flaws. So those countries were uh, somehow Armenia, Belarus, Bangladesh, uh, Cyprus, uh, Fiji, uh, <laughs> Jordan, Kazakhstan, Jamaica, Ru Jamaica, Russia, uh, uh, yeah. Saudi Arabia, Uzbekistan, uh, Sri Lanka. Ukraine, Tanzania, and so on. Um, so this uh, one interesting thing is, for example, that Turkey voted uh, uh, yes with comments, but they somehow attached the uh, PD their contribution as a PDF file which I copied on our website because the comments disappeared from the ISO webpage. Yeah. So when you Google for the uh, uh, second, uh, when you Google for the second, uh, um, for the contribution, you just copy-paste copy -paste what you find in the contribution of Turkey, you put it in Google, and when you, f you find out that it's basically copy-paste from the ECMA propaganda, so it's, uh, they did nothing there, and the AP member. And of course, uh, this, this document from Turkey was not formatted as you need to submit a comment in, in this table with technical, general, and 
precisely saying which part of the specification was just propaganda attached, fan fiction, so to speak. So pretty unusual. One, one of the funny things with Microsoft is that they, 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 they take care about security. Uh, one of the project managers of Microsoft Office said that one of the benefits of uh, OpenXML is that we know what's in there because we know what we write and we know what we read. Um, and because, of course, it's XML. And they said we know what should and should not be there. And the issue is uh, uh, one of the uh, technical, uh, technical issues with the, with the standard is somehow some countries find out that there was a way to get inclusion of arbitrary data in the, in the, in the file format and, and, and the, with the, in connection with the printer drivers, which are somehow tied to the Microsoft platform, it was somehow uh, it's a possibility to transform the file format in a virus bomb or something like this. Yeah, actually, I don't know whether there are viruses for Word 2007 yet on the market. Um, but at least they think that the switch to an XML-based format will help to avoid viruses. Um, it's, it's an argument, but actually it also applies to any other XML-based format as the existing ISO standard. So, well, One interesting issue, and you will find it on the noxml.org website, is that in the standard you have uh, a, a tag or a space in, in the file format to be able to put any binary things. So it's a kind of container space for extensions, and in the extensions you can put anything which is proprietary binary closed or, or, or whatever. So this XML uh, propaganda uh, thing is even not valid. You have uh, part of the standard which is uh, totally, uh, which can be closed and which can lead to non-interoperability between different uh, applications if they have proprietary extensions. Uh, so what has happened, there were like uh, 3,500 uh, comments tabled. Many of those somehow were duplicate. Someone created the website this29500.org uh, where you can, it's a blog where you can uh, uh, search for all kind of comments and comments over the comments and, and you can recomment over the comments and so on. Mm -hmm. um, right now ECMA is somehow uh, trying to solve the main issues uh, internally and uh, they, the process to which they communicate with the standards bodies is not open to the public. So somehow it's a good example of an open, open standard where uh, the standard is somehow drafted behind closed doors and uh, only the standards body has access. The public has no say. Even, even the fact that the, the comments that were tabled by the nations are now known was somehow reversed again, so you cannot get the comments anymore, officially. Yeah, yeah. if you go to the ISO website or gtc134.org, you, you won't be able to find the comments anymore. So yesterday I just Googled for this Turkey uh, paper that I suspected that it was Microsoft propaganda, and I just found out that our comments that we I, somehow recopied on our server was very high on the ranking of Google, just be because nobody was able to find the comments. And, and the mind. interesting, the interesting aspect is also that I don't know if it happens really like this, but uh, that national committees that tabled 80 comments just got resolution proposals from ECMA regarding their own national comments. So uh, actually, these uh, national standard committees are supposed to work on all comments, which is pretty difficult, 6,000 pages, 3,500 comments, but also take them into account. 
And uh, yeah, the, the Microsoft strategy is really to say to the transparency body, to the science body to only you will have only to focus on your comments because if you look at the other comments, you and, and, uh, and the excuse here is of course procedural trickery. So they say no, uh, we would like to publish all the comments, but ISO ISO rules say no, we may not publish uh, the comments. And this is due to the fact that this ISO EAC directive was changed. By the way, um, uh, this change of the directive, I think, was dedicated uh, to, uh, to the head of ECMA back then. And the head of ECMA uh, that already left, and now he works for CompTIA. And CompTIA is a known Microsoft proxy. So uh, we, we see, and he's the person who, who brought, he also has a, has a weblog, uh, the Dutch person, and he also said, claimed, yeah, I, I brought OpenXML to the international standards, uh, to the ICMA, and I invited Microsoft to standardize here at ICMA. So, yeah. Uh, this, this was somehow a, a quote from Greg Mendy, which is a, a high level uh, of Microsoft. He said, oh, those, those comments, I, we don't think they have a practical, technical merit or something similar. Uh, they are creating some uh, anxiety during this process. And many comments were submitted that had common threads and put together by people who oppose this standards activity. So uh, the, the, the trick for Microsoft right now is, is to, get, to keep the backward compatibility with Office 2007, which is already a released product. So if you somehow manage to change the standards so that it's totally different from Office 2007, they will, they will go crazy. Um, it's like changing the engine of an airplane while it's flying. Uh, it's, and, and, and the trick they, they will use, and it's already somehow visible on the ECMA website because they made a press release on, on the change they are proposing for the 14th of January, is that the trick is to flag all the bugs as deprecated and to move it into a section which is optional, an annex, and uh, to flag them as deprecated and to recreate a new function so, so that the new function please to the uh, comments of the uh, uh, members in order to get the majority to get it adopted. And this deprecation is, is uh, only to be, uh, to be kept in the standard, only to be compatible with Office 2007 and with all those uh, old uh, binary doc files. Um, for example, uh, I was predicting on the 18th of September that uh, Microsoft won't correct the network days function, which is for the Muslim uh, weekend problem uh, in, in, in the specification, and that they will create another uh, network days two function by flagging the uh, network days, the first function as deprecated, and, and solving the, the issue. Uh, and, and this trick is only, is only done to keep the backward compatibility with a pr running product. So it's not uh, something which is, uh, why don't you want to correct the function instead of creating a new one and using this trick. Um, and, and some days ago, on the uh, 22nd of December, ECMA just published uh, somehow a press release uh, commenting about the, 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 the solution that they will propose for the 14th of January. And they said uh, issues related uh, to the leap year bug, which is the, the, the fact that they, they consider 1900 as a leap year, which is false. Uh, the VML or the compatibility settings such as Autospace, like Word 95, and others uh, will be extracted from the main specification and relocated to in, in an independent annex in the, in the standard. 
uh, that we this annexes uh, specifically for deprecated uh, functions. So what does deprecated mean in an international standard? That's just, you got, got just got 1.0 and there's deprecated functionality in there, yeah? And this, all, all this deprecated part is, is just for compatibility, compatibility with the past. And in Belgium and France it raised some attention that uh, the standards bodies were somehow wanted to split this and to get rid of the deprecated part. And uh, the core issue for me is whether I don't, I don't see that there is energy uh, in the standards bodies to go against this, this behavior. So uh, what would probably happen is that this trick will work, that the standards body will switch their vote from no to yes, and that Microsoft will get a majority. Mm -hmm. um, many national bodies uh, commented also about the role of this old uh, uh, vector format, which is 600 pages and which has been rejected by by uh, W3C some years ago, and some members were asking to, to remove this VML from the specification, and some members were saying, oh no, uh, uh, we have to keep compatibility with Microsoft uh, uh, stuff, and uh, uh, we ask it to, to, to use the, the deprecation trick and to flag it as deprecated, and uh, uh, to replace it somehow with a new, another vector format in, in the standard. Uh, ECMA is on the way to, to propose this, uh, and they, they of course, choose the, the Microsoft side to resolve this issue. It's just um, a proxy, yeah? It's just a proxy. It's just a proxy. Um, the, 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 the interesting aspect of, of VML is somehow um, that if you want to be compatible with Microsoft Office 2007, you have somehow to implement those old, dirty, deprecated uh, rubbish parts. It's the old infrastructure slack from this company and it's, it's costly for them to change their fundamental architecture and I think this is a central argument also against OpenXML. We have the switch from, from doc, PPT and so on, Excel, the old binary formats to a new XML based world. But it's no clean transition but they take all the, all the old bugs back-for-back back compatibility over. And they call it high-fidelity backwards compatibility. But what's the backwards compatibility between an XML format and the binary format? So actually, this XML format is no real XML. It's more a kind of internal representation infrastructure dump into XML. Um, so what will happen? Uh, I think we have five minutes left. Yeah. So we rush through. What will happen is that there will be a ballot resolution meeting in Geneva at the end of, of February, and uh, that we somehow uh, ask the question to all uh, standards bodies to find out who is going there. And during our collection of names, uh, some members didn't want to, to share the names with uh, the public, uh, but with uh, some countries we find out that most people who are going to Geneva are just Microsoft uh, uh, representative or Microsoft business partners. So around the table, to solve the issue, uh, you will have a great influence of Microsoft on, on, on the whole meeting. Um, for example, in, in Belgium, uh, IBM and Microsoft will be the two people who will go to represent the country. Yeah, it was a bit sad because you are also a member of the Belgium committee and you're a Belgian citizen, and these are two American companies, and Belgium gets represented by, by foreign companies, so it's uh, somehow strange. And 
uh, you said uh, on you said I go to the committee and I will they shall elect me and Benjamin represents all this no XML movement so he's a relevant uh, stakeholder from Belgium uh, known worldwide and he cannot take part in the ballot resolution meeting because as they said you said they said uh, both sides of the debate should get represented and one side is IBM and one side is Microsoft so so uh, the, the, the one of the uh, what we expect is that uh, Microsoft will get enough majority to get its standards technically approved mm -hmm. and that uh, 30 days after the meeting in Geneva you will see heavy lobbying because that's the period where members can change their vote or at least decide in function of what has happened in Geneva to switch their vote or not so you can expect a heavy lobbying there um, one of the untouched issue in, in the standards process is that the issue of uh, patents um, where we usually, uh, that's where we came from. And um, the, the, the thing is uh, that in, in the United States you have a company claiming basic patents on XML. And um, I think uh, in, in the forthcoming months there should be some kind of initiative to dig into the patent uh, uh, database of each national patent office, especially in the United States, to try to find out if the I mean, to make some research about uh, which patents does the, these 6,000 pages standards violate. Um, and and one, one, one thing, it could be somehow, uh, if you trigger this patent issue, it could be uh, one of the breaks to stop the standards in uh, some way. Uh, because if you draw the attention uh, to uh, ISO to a particular patent, then the ISO has to contact the <laughs> patent owner and get a uh, form signed that he will license this patent under uh, certain conditions. Mm. And if those certain conditions are, are not, um, uh, uh, or if the company doesn't want to license it, then the, the, the whole standard is, is somehow blocked. And that was. Yeah, course, one patent, course. and it's the nuke option. But of course, uh, this is something which large companies like IBM or so on, they, are, they don't. They have patents probably covering the standard, but I don't think they, they want to risk this kind of patent war and, and, and start it. They, because don't, they don't like this issue. Because really. all, because all uh, standards are somehow affected by this problem that another company has, has patents so, on them. Yeah, yeah. So it's more a Cold War situation. So, for, so yeah, yeah. both sides have their nukes, but they don't use them against each other and just move some, some nukes to Cuba or so, yeah? Uh, <laughs> Uh, around the world, but, but you don't really exercise these, this power. But uh, the point is, um, we don't know, if you really want to play evil, you just need one patent covering XML, everybody can write to ISO, I found a patent, and then this process, formal process is started. Uh, the pitfall from our side is, now, it's, um, now the standard is licensed under we call it RF, but no one trusts us conditions. But uh, what standard bodies just require is reasonable and non-discriminatory fees. So this would break the whole RF thing. So it would be no, from the patent side, no um, open standard compliant standard mm. specification the, the one, one of the issues, for example, is that one standard gets blocked only because of patent issues where uh, one patent holder refused to license it under RAND terms. Uh, which is the new wireless uh, standard. Um, one interesting issue is that in the open specification from Microsoft, you try to find out, people ask the question whether it's compatible with GPL. And one interesting thing is that in the USP, you find out that you cannot get Microsoft rights received from 
basically people who redistrib redistribute the, the standard, at least the implementation. And in the fact, you find out there's uh, a big question on whether this uh, OSP allows sub-licensability, which is somehow a cornerstone of free software and open source distribution. And, and the answer is that there is no need for sub-licensing. So it uh, casts some doubt on whether this OSP is somehow compatible with GPL. So uh, I think we reached the end of, of the talk. Um, if you want to help, one of the simple way to do it is just to give money to the association. We'll spend it uh, uh, <laughs> um, usefully. Um, what you can also do is to try to find out in your country uh, uh, the names of the people who are going to this meeting because somehow in some countries I have the impression that you really, to get, you really need to get to the political level in order to raise some pressure in order to give, have the names. Mm -hmm. Uh, the big question is whether those people will be independent from, from the vendor. And don't hesitate to call your uh, members of parliament in order to get an answer to those questions. And uh, one also interesting thing is to try to find out who pays the ticket to fly to Geneva. We find out in some countries that Microsoft is paying all the tickets mm -hmm. of all the delegation. Uh, so if you are interested to participate in this initiative, there is a web page, uh, BRM, where you, we collect those uh, names by country. So uh, finally, I will uh, wishes you a deprecated and optional Happy New Year to Saturday. <laughs>
And the problem is not that ISO has no rules. It's very technocratic, um, old organization, uh, bureaucratic, technocratic organization with a lot of rules. And the rules are so complex that it's very hard to, to understand it for external how things work there. So, um, but but uh, we, we are not so much critical of ISO as such, um, but uh, think that ISO is basically from, from, another, from another era in the institution. It's, it's more this UN style of uh, institution where you have, where national, where national bodies agree how, how long the meter should be or, or something like this, yeah? Um, national, it's based on the, the idea that there are national interests for, for standards and they were somehow in the design of ISO not aware of this problem of vendor capture. And of course, uh, ISO predates the whole concept of open standardization um, which we advocate for. So, um, if, I, if I would like to, to add something, There's, there are two, uh, actually two aspects. One is ISO. ISO is just an NGO, and there are governments that adopt ISO standards. So, if, if, uh, if ISO adopts OpenXML, which will happen, and uh, my, 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 my point is, I, will, I say, they will get their standard, but it will be a blood standard, yeah? like blood diamond, a blood standard. They can get their damn standard, yeah? But uh, the reputation is, is in the sink. So it will be very difficult anyway to sell it to the governments then and, and invoke these automatic policies. And after the, the ballot resolution meeting, if they don't play fair and contribute again with so many nice incidents and create this public outrage, they are our favorite campaigners for us. Um, <laughs> then it will be very difficult on the governmental level. And we see all the switches on, in the governments. And in Germany, uh, the foreign ministry organized an ODF workshop. Also, and I know that government representatives in the German Dean Committee were very, uh, very pissed how, how it worked in, in the Standard Committee. Um, and it's, it's very difficult for a reasonable standard expert to say, I, I shut my eyes and say, oh, this is all okay, and so on. So yeah, uh, it think, really breaks. I think we had another question. Yeah, there. we had another. In the front, yeah? Yeah. Um, I'm just curious why it is no OOXML. Um, uh, was, was the OOXML domains, were they all taken already? Can, can you repeat? Uh, were, were the OOXML domains all taken already? Uh, with the, no, I booked the double O, but it doesn't, uh, um, yeah, I prefer to say no with O XML with three O than two O, but it's, it's personal taste. Yeah, there was, there was somehow debate when I bought the, the domain names. Oh no, it's not good, it's too complicated, but yeah. domain name doesn't matter. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we are already five minutes over time, so... Okay. So if you, yeah. if you have any the questions, next, you can come... Uh, the next speaker is already uh, waiting, I guess. So, thanks for the lecture and have a nice day. Thank you very much.